Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're talking about perfect in knowledge. So this month, the month of August of 2022, we're doing a challenge. We're doing a connection challenge to connect on a new level with God, our purpose, our loved ones, and our community. And this week, we're focusing on connecting with God. And something I think it's important to keep in mind, when we're connecting with God, we're connecting with someone who is perfect in knowledge. He's perfect in knowledge. And what is knowledge? I like to think of three different things, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. We see this pattern all throughout the Bible of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. He's the source of wisdom. Wisdom is just discerned spiritually, I believe. But then we have to have understanding, understanding how all the parts fit together, Everything, understanding how everything relates together. And then there's knowledge, which is knowledge I think of as knowing what to do in any given situation. It's how to apply that wisdom and understanding into today, to know what to do in a given situation. Because sometimes in different situations, what you may do may change based on the, the what's going on in the situation. And he is perfect in knowledge. Job chapter 36. Elihu, one of Job's friends, Elihu is talking. And he says, I ascribe my knowledge to afar. I ascribe my knowledge to God. And he's perfect in knowledge. He's saying, I'm perfect in knowledge. I know what to do because I ascribe my knowledge to God. Colossians chapter 2 says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We have that in Christ. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. Just as a time of gratitude and praise that God is perfect in knowledge. And in Christ, we've been given all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we're asking for God's help that as we connect with him, that he would help us to connect with this perfect knowledge that he's given us in Christ. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. Was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. At the time, I was running my personal training business and I got into some tough times. I got some months for my business, losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And then one day, a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day just completely changed the course of my whole life. The challenge was every day you read one chapter from Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then one day after doing this for a while, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page at me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? Well, the Proverbs tell us wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Those are the principal things. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. And he taught me this whole new way to live. Well, we make him the source. We make him the center. We do life together with him. Learning how to rest and how to trust in what he's done for us in Christ. Now, learning a new way to live, this wasn't always easy. And man had to unlearn some old things, had to let go of some old ways, and to learn how to walk out this new way of living. I just began to document what he was teaching me, the things that he was taking me through. And it turned into a series of books and courses and now partners that we have 
in a program called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe the most important lesson that I would want to pass on to future generations is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our lives, to change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There's something so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life. We've got issues and problems coming at us today. Communion can help us to remember and not forget. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, Every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until we prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation that activates and sets in motion all the benefits that are found in this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, which is deep awe and honor and reverence for him. And this week specifically, we've been talking about connecting with God and bringing just that sense of awe and honor for who God is and all that he's done for us in Christ. Just great appreciation for him. So the process we use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter 1. And the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. <clears throat> and if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In this part of the prayer today, I know we've been pretty consistent with this. I'm going to make a little adjustment in this part of the prayer today, just in the very first part of this. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And we have grace and favor with you. We're asking you to expand our borders and our territory, expand our capacity to just receive everything that you've given us in Christ and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today. 
and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because when it all comes down to it, it's always called today. We've got to make today a masterpiece. How are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were some steps and some stages along the way. There was a process. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ. I think there's some steps and some stages along the way. I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But that plan's probably going to look impossible. And we've got to be willing to move forward with him rather than wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And then we've got to put off our old ways and learn how to walk out this new way of living. Learning how to do things his way. Learning how to rest and how to trust in him. To allow his grace to beautify our lives. To walk in faith and love and humility. To learn how to operate just in a new way. And that's where I think these four fundamentals come in. So our first one, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. So how are we doing today? Walking in humility. Just humbling ourselves in relationship to God. Humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. It takes humility to honor. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we've got to walk in forgiveness today. We've got to receive forgiveness from God. We've got to forgive ourselves in the middle. We've got to walk in forgiveness with other people. To walk in the light is to walk in love. How are we doing walking in love today? Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. And how are we doing? Stay in position in gratitude and praise today. Rather than venting and complaining and pouting. How are we doing? Maintaining our positioning in gratitude and praise. Because gratitude and praise is one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning. And being in position is a big deal. Because when we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken all that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that we get to be in him today. We have access to all these good things. But we got to learn how to get in position. And then we got to learn how to get it all flowing through us. Out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it. Because unfortunately, what I've learned is a lot of this... For many of us, it stays bottled up on the inside and we never see the result of it. Just stay stuck on the inside. But God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in there. His spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available in there. And we've got to learn how to turn on the flow of it and then get it flowing through us at a greater level. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. 
And it's going to expand the capacity. It's going to build a bigger pipeline where God can flow more of all those good things through us. And to magnify the light, imagine the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, we got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we got a basket full of our praises to God. Which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our focus, our words, our attention, our meditation? To magnify the light, we're going to fill up that basket of praise, praising God for who he is, praising him for all that he's done for us in Christ. Praising his word, his promises, his unfailing love and faithfulness, that nothing's impossible with him. To magnify everything that he's done for us in Christ and all that he's done for us personally in our lives. And just taking some time to realize he's perfect in knowledge. He knows exactly what to do today. So rather than venting and complaining and pouting and and toiling away in our mind, trying to figure everything out, filling up that other basket, he's perfect in knowledge. He knows exactly what to do. And he put it on the inside of you. Now it's just learning how to tap into it and get access to it. He knows exactly what to do. He's perfect in knowledge. He put it all in Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Simply choosing to fill up that basket of praise in the face of them. Because we trust God's got the answer. He knows how to solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to believe any of this. We could not believe any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness. We could not walk in any of this. We could fill up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting trying to figure it all out ourselves. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. When we're out of position, you might find yourself retaliating, snapping at people, getting angry for no reason, withholding things from people that you know to do because they did something to you didn't like. You might avoid people or give them the silent treatment, or you might think God is doing all these things to, do, to you. You might think, oh, I missed it, so he's not going to do good for me. He's going to withhold things from me. He's going to avoid talking to me. He's going to give me the silent treatment. He's going to get back at me. And on the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios. Might be reliving bad things from the past. Usually we're lacking presence. And unfortunately, this can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating because the more we magnify this, the more it grows. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. And when we rest, he goes to work. And all those good things begin to flow. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing because he's doing the work. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it back around, get back in position again. Because sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we get off track. I think it's learning to recognize those symptoms, getting more present and recognizing them and turning it around. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. Forgive me, Father. 
We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile or walk in forgiveness with somebody else, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me, it is more than enough. You've given me everything that I need for life and godliness on the inside of me. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And as that pipeline of living water begins to flow through you, you're going to hear from God. He's going to give you some vision. He's going to give you some direction for your life. And we've got to stay tuned into him. We've got to be sensitive to his leading. And one of my favorite ways to do this is with a journal before bed. Just as a way to stay in rhythm with him, a way to recap the day of the direction and the things I was learning from God that day. I like to start at the top with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases that I keep rewriting every night as a way to reinforce some of the things I feel like God has shown me, the vision and direction for my life. And so I like to start at the very top. What's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? And this comes from just spending time with him. For me personally, that's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down into this year. What do I feel like is the word or the vision or direction God gave me for this year? For me personally, 2022, the year of the beautiful land, the year of the beautiful land. And we're going to be talking more about that soon because I feel like God's starting to give me a glimpse of what he's talking about with this beautiful land. And then I want to bring it down into this month. This month, we're prioritizing connection. That's our filter. Prioritize connection. Connect, 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 connect. And then this week, I want to bring it down into this week with our weekly, yearly cycle updates. As we go throughout the cycle or circle of a year, think of it like a 360-degree view of God and who he is and all that he's done for us in Christ. Different times of the year just give us different reminders of all that he's done for us and who he is. This time of year right now, it's a reminder to refocus, to recommit back to the fundamentals. Let's bring some focus and some connection back into those fundamentals. Sometimes we drift off track. We've got to make some adjustments. So I start with those filters at the top. Just little reminders to keep me on track and in rhythm with him. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned into him today. Every day he's trying to navigate us throughout the day, but we've got to stay tuned into him. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes and slow down. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. I started with the big picture vision, then this year, this month, this week, and then I want to bring it all the way down into today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do? Now, we're just talking about today. God is perfect in knowledge. And he took that perfect knowledge and he put it all in Christ. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him today. So what do you know to do today? Now notice, what do you know? And today there's a timing component. What do you know to do today? 
that becomes the plan for the day. We write out that plan and then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning, it sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. And those simple words just set the tone for the whole Bible. He is light. He's love. He's light and love. And so we can speak those words very first thing in the morning. Let there be light. And you speak those simple words, and it's amazing how they just bring a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We bring that honor and reverence. He's worthy of praise. We bring that attitude into the day, and then we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, all that doubt and unbelief is removed. we got everything aligned and moving in the same direction together. That confident faith, his grace begins to surge. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to make things happen in our lives that we could never make happen on our own because he is doing the work. And beauty is attractive and magnetic, and it begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at some scriptures today. Talking about perfect in knowledge. Job chapter 36, verses 3 through 4. This is Elihu talking. This is one of the, you could call him friends of Job. Job's being uh, talked to by his friends. And if you look at the end of the book of Job, God rebukes the other three friends of Job, but he doesn't rebuke Elihu. And Elihu says this, I get my knowledge from afar. I will ascribe justice to my maker. Now, where does his knowledge come from? He gets it from God. So be assured that my words are not false. One who has perfect knowledge. Where does this perfect knowledge come? He got it from God. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. And what is knowledge? I like to think of knowledge as knowing what to do at the right time. What do you know to do right now? What do you know to do today? Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. The apostle Paul says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And Christ is where? Christ is in you. If you look in Colossians again, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And where is Christ? Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He has this perfect knowledge. And we can know what to do at any given moment in time. You have an unction from the Holy One, an anointing from the Holy One, where you know all things. So Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this. Thankful that you are perfect in knowledge. You always know what to do at the right time. And we just thank you that in Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we're asking for your help to help us to connect with that wisdom and that knowledge, that perfect wisdom and knowledge, and to see it flowing in our life, leading to us knowing what to do at the right time. We're asking for your help to connect with that today. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God sent us his one and only son to die for our sins. All of us like sheep had gone astray. We'd all turn to our own way. We'd all try to do things our own way. But usually it doesn't work out so good. And God laid upon him the sins and the iniquities of us all. And by his stripes, we've been healed. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. The cup of God's wrath was poured onto his body. But then he was raised back to life. He's victorious over death. He's raised up and seated at God's right hand. And God raised us up, made us new creations, and seated us together with him at God's right hand. Made us one with him. He connects us back to God. He makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. He gives us this amazing treasure in jars of clay. He sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. He made us his children. He made us heirs. And this amazing inheritance in Christ that he's given us. So, Father, we're just so thankful for this bread. Thankful to have you in our lives because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And we ask you to bless this bread in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness. It transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. He is worthy of our praise. His blood washes us and cleanses us, makes us new. Gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath in the blood of Jesus. That God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. All because of him. Our role is to simply believe in him and to walk in love. To believe in him. To walk in forgiveness and love. To hold fast to those things that he's given us. Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. You know what to do. I've seen this a lot of times, coaching people in the gym world for a long time. A lot of people say, you know what? I know what to do and I'm having a hard time doing it. You know what to do. You ask a little child, what's healthier for you? This candy bar or this apple? The kid knows. You don't have to do anything fancy. Very, very, very basic fundamentals. You know what to do. Very, very basic fundamentals is all it takes. Executed the right way. Executed with presence and joy. Executed connected to God. Practice using your physical exercise as a way to connect with him. Allow him to do the work. Very basic fundamentals. Executed the right way over and over. That goes for your nutrition. That goes for your fitness. The very basics. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. 
you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center dot com.